This is the Unscripted Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Unscripted Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to talk about the cross. And we're going to talk about the four S's of the cross. I just wanted to see if you remembered or not. Absolutely. I, I mean, I remember uh, some of them, I think, like off the top of my head, but I don't want to give them all away. Yeah. So, so, uh, so Chris had such a good sermon recently. You should go listen to it. But I, I want to talk about your sermon from from recent because, anyways, it was it was good. And so, four S's from the cross. You know, there's this um, kind of the challenge you face, and I suppose that the Lord understood those things. How we've got a how to package. You know, how how could he package the story of our salvation to us? So he gives us the Bible, right? He gives mm-hmm. us these. The love story, yeah. Um, yeah, he gives us this kind of like list sometimes. You know, don't do these things, don't do these things. And then we kind of, we run through the gauntlet, as it were, and see how people, how how it kind of bubbles up in people's lives, right? So, so this story of our salvation centers around people. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So God's got this masterful plan in Ephesians 1 that Paul talks about of how he wants to get us from the foundation of the world. It was his plan that, that we would be saved. We would be adopted, predestined for adoption. Mm-hmm. And so what he does then is you get to see the story unfold through the lives of people. And, you know, all these people have these, accounts or these things that kind of circle around their atmosphere of of whether or not they're part of this the the story as it plays out or they're just some kind of peripheral cast player mm-hmm. and you know sometimes you look at you know we we read through and <clears throat> we pick up on the stories of david and we pick up on the stories of um you know all the cool stories you know mm-hmm. the boy stories i don't know i'm sure girls have girl stories you know the ladies study ladies in the bible i know and there's a lot of merit to that but you know, sometimes there's just the things we can learn from the little people. And I don't say little people in the sense of like, you know, small stature like Zacchaeus, because we can learn lessons from Zacchaeus. Right. But you know, these these kind of people that are just there for a moment. And so I was listening to Taylor Friday. We were going up to hunt in the Delta Friday, and. You know, Taylor was, he was so excited. You know, Mm -hmm. Taylor's a, you know, one of our members that, uh, he's been on our podcast before and, and, um, he's going to heritage now Yeah, and he wants to work in ministry full time. And so he's just a great success story. And he calls me and, and I was going up 49 and you know, the service, you know, it's just terrible in Mississippi. And he calls me and he just wants to rattle on, you know, all these things that he's, he's working on textual criticism. You, You understand what I mean when I say that? Yeah. So yeah, text, I understand. Yeah, textual criticisms. If 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 uh, folks don't understand, it's the the idea of like why don't things seemingly appear to line up? You know, so you have these scenarios in the Bible, like you know, in Acts nine, Paul says, you know that um, you know he saw he saw the light and heard the voice, and some of them, some versions of that say the people heard it, and some some, some versions they didn't. Yeah. He didn't. They heard, but they didn't hear the words exactly. They heard yeah. the noise. Yeah, and so there's a there's you know just dealing with textual criticisms, and mm-hmm. it's just you know Taylor, he's just he's soaking it up with a sponge, and so he talked to me for thirty minutes or twenty minutes, twenty thirty minutes, whatever it was, and I didn't hear a third of the conversation. Cause it's just, the signal was just in and out, but mm-hmm. he just wanted to tell it so bad. So I just wanted to give him an ear to listen. And 
he was just going on about how he's seeing these different scenarios of the he's doing a synoptic study of the gospels to where and those are hard i I will say this i've done that before too and it's a hard study because sometimes a synoptic study what that means is like you read through the gospels Mm -hmm. where you followed in a chronologized events right you know so you read this in matthew and then you may go read it in mark and then you go read it in luke yeah and it may not be in john or it may not be in mark or Or something like that yeah yeah and some of those things are hard like like did jesus i believe personally chris's opinion and that's worth a cup of uh, you don't have your black rifle society or whatever, yeah. but, but I believe that, that, you know, several of the times like Luke has a retelling as it were of the sermon on the Mount. I believe you're seeing a different event. I believe you're seeing not the same sermon on the Mount as it were. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that that was such a game changing sermon that Jesus preached it everywhere he went. Right. So yeah. these are, these are things that everybody's going to need to hear, you know, and and that would have been something they were used to, right? You know, I mean, Moses, he uses these scenarios like teach your children all the time. You know, you guys write these things on your heart. You know, all this because they didn't have a Bible, mm-hmm. right? So they had to hear them over and over and over again so that they would stick in their mind. Well, so you get to this idea that as you study through, and he's just real excited about it. And, um, and so I was just thinking about the scene of the cross, and uh, I started looking at, you know, we were talking about it, and I was thinking about some of the the ways that the cross, you know, I heard somebody say that there were, I've heard it said before that there, there believed there were three soldiers present at yeah, the cross. Yeah, so hold on a second. So I, I want to ask a question to our people. Okay. And, uh, and so I want you to pause right now, and, and how many soldiers were at the cross? And I want you to give that answer in the comments. And whoever... Um, Whoever answers correctly, we're gonna we're gonna look at our uh we'll look through and I guess today all right, so March March first, whoever whoever answers correctly, all right, we'll select one of those names. And we'll send you a Chick fil A gift. We'll send you a Chick fil A gift card. Yeah, somebody's so, somebody's getting a chicken. But you gotta you gotta comment. Somebody's gonna get the Lord's chicken out of this. Yeah, we need a, we need a number. How many soldiers were, were there at the cross? But um Okay. All right, here we go. So most people and, and I, I honestly didn't i never pieced it together until, well, your, ser- until your sermon sunday i mean and i hadn't either and what i mean by that until your sermon yeah yeah right I, the, the the i just <laughs> thought i'd go you, off the you cup. Said it. yeah yeah now, well you know sometimes that happens right yeah, i was like yeah. how do you know that for sure like because yeah, yeah. sometimes you do that a lot you'll be like well there was and you'll 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 name an explicit thing and i'm like i don't think that's explicit chris and then i'll go look and i'm like yeah that's explicit well, and it's not about just being, you know, uh, uh, right or wrong about it. It's just about it. Chris. Corey, Chris paints these pictures in his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so what it then does is it puts a um, it puts a picture of the scene to me. You know, like you've talked to me so many times about uh, uh, when you were doing investigative things and you were you were uh, what is it called where you're pounding somebody in the the witness room? What's that called? Interrogating. Pounding you know, somebody. Yeah, well, you call it what you want, but I, I, when I used to do my clearance paperwork, it felt like a pounding to me. You know, they oh, bring no. in a guy with a, a a shirt that I know he wore it two sizes too small. The button, I was like, let me put my safety glasses on in case that thing turns loose. You're liable to put my eye out. No, so it. we had we had those guys who would go in and they're like, tell me where you were at last night. I went in. You get you're not gonna catch that many flies with vinegar. Mm-hmm. You go in there with honey. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you're gonna catch a whole bunch of flies. You go in there and you talk to them like like with respect. Mm-hmm. So listen, man, I I know, like you're a man of integrity. 
And well, so, like, I want to get your full side of the story because I, I'm here just as much to prove your innocence as I am to prove your guilt. And so I want to I want to prove your innocence. And I'm telling you, I'll uncover as many cow patties as we want to turn over because I want to make sure you're an innocent man because I don't want to put you in jail. But I gotta I gotta get the story. Well, and that's and then you start getting the story from them, and then it's like, well, that's what you kind of lie, lie, lie. <laughs> right, like, right. So now we stink like the cow patties. So here's what happens whenever a liar starts lying, right? <laughs> I'm turning over cow patties, and I just keep finding poop, man. Well, so the the scenario, you know, you talked about when you're presenting these things, like how does it, how's that going to sound to you? How's it going to, yeah, right. you know, like, and you use these kind of tactics, right? Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you know predominantly what if somebody is sight, sound, or feel, yeah, and you, how does how does ten years in prison feel to you? Right. How do you think it's going to feel to your family? Right. You know, or if somebody's sight predominant, what is what does ten years in prison look like to you? Yeah. And so you got you got to play on those things. And that's you know I've thought about that many times, and that was such a you know for you to tell me that that really shaped the way that I teach people the gospel now, mm-hmm. not in the sense that I teach mm-hmm. them different stuff Mm -hmm. but i want to be as effective as a communicator of the gospel as i can and if you use that for tactics to end up putting giving somebody the needle then i certainly i'm just playing i'm just playing i'm just playing playing. you know the um but the the uh but if jimmy dale is gonna steal your four-wheeler to go pawn it for for a hundred dollars worth of meth right he's he's got to go somewhere that's i i'm i'm down with it you yeah. put jimmy dale in for you know however long you need to yeah right. so you know that's but i understand that about myself now mm-hmm. you know so it's made me uh uh understand chris better as yeah, it were right. and so you know just, i still fall i'm i start because i'm a sight predominant so then i'll naturally go to you you do too we just naturally yeah. go to those Mm-hmm. things and saying you know let's go look at this scripture yeah yeah instead yeah, of yeah. let's go hear this scripture yeah let's hear what it says you know what does what does the lord say right here mm-hmm. and so you know as you court as you go as you go through these scenarios and you think about all the players as it were and it's really backed up to where we were studying mary yeah. last month and so we're studying mary at the cross remember that was one of the kind of the weekly themes that we're studying mm-hmm. like what was the scene of the cross like and so you have the the Mary's there. We know John was there, you know, because Jesus tells him, look after my mama. And, you know, but um, the soldiers are there, yeah. right? And so I've heard it that there were three soldiers. Have you heard that before? I've heard, I've heard that before, but, I mean, I can't, like, put it I down think right. I've heard lessons preached before that the three denials of Peter, the, the three Marys at the cross, the three crosses that were there, the three soldiers that were there. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I, just in, in – I just – The three soldiers – and their buddy. Yeah, and that's what it is, is because in John 19, if you look at verse number 23, it says, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each a soldier. What does that mean? To each soldier a part. John 19, verse 35. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one place. Why would you divide it four ways unless there were four soldiers? Yeah, that's right. And so to each soldier a part. Yeah, so there's four soldiers there. Mm-hmm. You know that they're going to divide, or there's at least there could be more, but there's four that are going to have a part in this dividing. Right. And if one soldier is going to get more, they're still just going to divide it three ways. So you have yeah. four soldiers at the cross, and I thought about those 
takeaways. Then I started looking for the soldiers. You know, what were the soldiers there doing, right? So I found this first soldier, and verse 24, they said, Therefore among them, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Well, that's you know that's a prophecy. I think it's Zechariah. I think is the prophecy of that. That uh, the there's this prophecy that they're going to, you know, fulfill Scripture as it were when Jesus, you know, the the Messiah is on the cross. Well, you know, as what far I, as the the clothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Psalm twenty two. Okay, they divided Psalm my garments among them so and for so my clothing. Zechariah twelve must be they looked on him who they pierced. Who they pierced? Yeah, yeah, that must be that thing. Yeah, Psalm yeah. twenty two. Yeah, Psalm twenty two is Zechariah eleven is the eleven. Um, well, no, you're right. Twelve is the pierced. Eleven is the uh, eleven is the the wages. The oh yeah, the betrayal yeah. price. Yeah, and Zechariah yeah, yeah. nine is the donkey. Yeah. So so, uh, you know, I thought about this. You had one soldier. Here's one of the S's. One soldier walked away with a souvenir. He had a souvenir. So you think about this now. Think about the souvenirs that you got in your house. You know, there's things like like I remember. There were things that I had in school that I thought, man, this is a sacred thing. You know, this is a this is a treasured thing that I've got here. I remember a hammer that I made when I was like 13 or 14 in machine shop class. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to use this hammer at all because this is such a special hammer. You get that hammer out of my toolbox, and it is beat all to pieces today. I mean, like, it used to sit on my dresser. As like this display showcase thing, right? But this thing now, you look at it, it is beat plumb to pieces. Why? Because after a while, you know how important it was, it just kind of wore off to me. It wasn't that important anymore. That's what happens with souvenirs. You know, we all die and turn into a yard sale. Yeah, right. You know, I, I said Sunday, Liam's favorite person to find, my middle son, is a, a 60, 65-year-old grandma that's got boxes full of Nintendo stuff from the eighties from the, when the, her kids were, were my, you know, I'm, I'm her kid's age and Liam loves to find those things. Cause when he finds them, he'll go up to him and say, what do you want for that right there? And they'll say, well, you want it all? He's like, yeah, I want it all. And they'll say, well, $15. So Liam will buy a thousand dollars worth of Nintendo stuff that he'll sell for 15 bucks at a yard sale. And that's his most favorite person to find, right? Is the person that, that the things that were just, we got to store this away in a box and keep it forever. But after a while, I just need this junk out of my house. Right. Well, well, one soldier walked away with a, a souvenir. And, and, I, and I think about that. Like, I, I've, I'd always question, like, man, what, like, what's the gain that they really get out of this? You know, for the, the soldier? The, yeah. And, of course, it was part of their livelihood, whatever was, was on yep. somebody or whatever. You know, they could sell it. But you got to think too, like Jesus is the miracle worker. Yeah, man, they got this really cool trinket, right? And so, I, all right, I'm looking right now. So I just picked a, a superstar. So I got a. How much y'all think a, a LeBron James um, jersey framed is worth on eBay? To me, nothing. <laughs> Zero dollars to the Donovan. All right, six thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars is what it's listed at. There's he, there's a rookie jersey for him that's framed and signed for ten thousand, and then there's another one. Uh, 
There's a LeBron James Upper Deck UDA Autograph Limited Edition, 6 out of 13 inscribed, $34,999. That's that's a claim value. Okay, That's a claim not, value, right. They're not going to get that for now, it. Can you find yeah, you find the MJ jersey with number twenty three. Right, we'll, 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 we'll look that up too. Well, but but <laughs> your so, point yeah, is the, this. the point is is the fact that all right, that soldier could have walked away and he's like, I've got the Miracle Workers uh, jersey Tunic, right, right here. Yeah, right. yeah, and and like who who wants a Jesus one? And it's like, hey, uh, he's like, dog. I should have got him to sign this thing before we put a nail through his hand. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, you think about the uh, Shroud of Turin, right? There's I don't some, know what that is. So there's just some, you know, so a Catholic, all Catholic churches have a relic in it. Right, so okay. that, that's something interesting. It may be a fragment. It may be something that they've considered holy and sacred. So they all have this relic in mm. the Catholic churches. Well, some of them get big items. I mean, somebody supposedly has has some, the spear. Somebody supposedly even has the foreskin. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, oh okay. man, and yeah. so <laughs> so there's there's all these ones with a shroud of turrets. What's the foreskin, Daddy? <laughs> right, right. The um so. Another story for another time. And uh, <laughs> go the, ask your see, dad. Yeah, kids. exactly. See the one we did about the eunuch, and <laughs> the, uh, start there. But uh, that's at the bottom. But anyways, All right, we're the, gonna uh, quit. <laughs> the, the, but the the shroud of Turin is supposedly Jesus's burial cloth, mm. and it, it if you look at it, the image of it is like him with his hands folded, and it's supposedly it's Michelangelo's Jesus. But anyways, it's just it's just a supposed thing. It's really not him. Right. But. You know, this is one of those holy relics. People right? will buy anything. Like people were selling grass from from the field from when Tennessee beat Alabama. This Man, last year. I remember when the Berlin Wall fell, yeah. and they were selling chunks of the Berlin Wall, and people were. They, I remember a Dateline NBC episode. We were watching this guy. <laughs> they caught him selling chunks of his driveway. He was selling pieces of his of his driveway to people, saying he was selling pieces of the Berlin Wall and. The uh yeah people will buy anything he thinks a souvenir and so that's what this guy walks away with from the cross with the souvenir and well the Lord wanted us to walk away with something differently he wanted us to walk away with the cross absolutely and and that's something that you know he he's very clear with in Mark eight and he says if any man desires to come after me let him take up his cross it's not a souvenir it's not a trinket you wear around your neck it's not something you stick on the top of your church house so you know that it's a yeah, church building and that's a lot of people is you know you see the you see the bumper sticker, you see the you see the the pair you know the necklace, and so you know some people it's like a, hey are you Christian and then they're like they're pulling out their their gold their cross, bling bling their bling bling you know cross yeah and and it's like oh yeah you know here you go right here now granted I'm not knocking anybody who who wears any of that kind of stuff but and that's fine. Jesus Jesus didn't say the scripture does not say. They will know you by your cross necklace. <laughs> that's right. He says you're going to know a tree by its fruit. And and so, what's you, the evidence that you've been a Christian? That's right. And and so this guy walks away with a trinket that he sets on his shelf that one day won't mean anything. Yeah. And but the Lord says, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross daily. And anyone who desires to save his life shall lose it. Any man desires to lose his life. For my name's sake, and verse 35 of Mark 8 puts this caveat. It's the only one that says it this way. For my name's sake and the Gospels, and the, gospels. the same shall save it. And, you know, there's this idea that um, if it were really special to us, 
You know, we may even pull it out once a week. You know, I, I, I had this – I had a lot of points listed under this thing, but I wanted to try to keep our time – tight you, you did know? a good job of that day and the but you know i thought about this and i didn't i didn't say it sunday but you learned from my rebuking <laughs> well it was a collective one yeah. and the um but you think about this um you know a souvenir is something you take off a shelf every once in a while mm-hmm. you know something you take off the shelf to oh, display yeah. well that's not the kind of person god wants us to be yeah. is you know it's this roman it doesn't go on the shelf during the week yeah it's just galatians 2 20 Right, I'm crucified. crucified with Christ. I've got this crucified life. This Romans twelve that that I'm transformed. Right, I'm this is daily sacrifice. You know, I'm alive, but I'm dead to the world. So I'm alive for Christ. I've got this great hope that's in me. And so, you know, you can see the cross of Calvary as this souvenir, this peace. You know, there's there people. There one of the relics that the Catholic Church claims to have is some fragments of the cross, some wood fragments of the cross. And, the uh, you know, while that would be neat, mm-hmm. in a sense, to have a piece of the cross, that doesn't do anything for you in eternity. Right. Because one day, the, if, if there's a piece of the cross that's left, it'll burn just like everything else. Mm-hmm. If, there's a, if there's a shroud of turn is really what they wrap Jesus in, it'll burn just like everything it's else. It's all going to melt. Yeah, and so... You know, one soldier walks away with a souvenir. He walks away with a souvenir, and one- yeah. So, so are you? How is Jesus in your life? Is he a souvenir? Oh, uh, you know, or is the cross something that 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 you're going to be utilizing every day of your life? And so, don't just don't just let it be a souvenir that that people see and it's oh, it's something. Well, it's something special. You know, we got it up on our wall. Uh, is that is that what's defining you? All right, S number two. So. The second S was one soldier got a sponge. So you think about this, these, the, the, let's see here. Let's see who's, I forget whose gospel. I think it's, I think it's Luke's gospel that, uh, yes. No, it's, it's John's gospel. Luke, John 19 verse 29. Now vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put on it hyssop to put it to his mouth. So I had a lot of things written down about this idea of hyssop, the the medicinal value of it, mm-hmm. you know, how God had used hyssop so many times. You know, the law, remember it was sprinkled when, when Moses ratified the law with the children of Israel. He dipped, you know, a, a hyssop brush and he sprinkled it on the law, mm-hmm. the book, and then he sprinkled it on the people. And yeah. you think about what that was. That was a. Yeah, you're that, supposed to take. Yeah, if you if you touched a dead body that was out in the warfare, you were unclean for seven days. You're supposed to take hyssop, and you were to take the ashes of a heifer, mix it with water, and you're like, well, what are they doing? You're mixing lye soap, is what you're doing. Right. And so Jesus. Um, wash your tent, wash your body. That's right. So what you have here is this scenario where, where the God is showing this this cleansing. Right, you know mm-hmm. the, this idea of cleansing with the with the law, and but the other gospel accounts record that one of the soldiers who was with him ran and got a sour got a sponge filled with sour wine, and it's the rot gut stuff. You know that's what he that's really what that word means in the Greek. It's just the the leftover, you know, kind of throwaway stuff, as it were. Kind of the the vinegar. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. You know, the stuff that's just done, that has already turned. So, 
you know, one soldier walked away with a souvenir, and one soldier walked away and got a sponge. Well, you know, I hope that our listeners will see and understand that the sponge, you know, there's a lot of speculation about this sponge. And the sponge, you know, not to be too graphic, but they didn't have toilet paper back then. Mm -hmm. And you know what they used? Their hand? No, they used a kind of a community sponge. Oh, man. No, old man and woman. (laughs) (laughs) And so some people have speculated as far as saying that he went and got that sponge to do it as kind of a way to, as a kind of a way to mock Jesus. And I I don't know whether that's true. I've always tended to think that this was an act of mercy because he ran. I don't think that a, you know, if you're just, if you're a Roman, you know, the, the thing about the Romans were, is that sometimes we paint them as a, I don't know the well. One says uh, Luke, Luke uh, twenty three thirty six. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine. That's right. And so that yeah, it could have been a the the mockery part of it. Yeah. Um, and and so you know, but but the the thing of it was was that you know you would think that now I understand this was supposed to be a humiliating thing. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know this was supposed to be a completely like we don't talk about this the way it should be talked about. Our little crosses don't show Jesus the way he should, would have been shown. I mean, right. he would have been naked, naked. you know, yeah. and he wouldn't have been crucified. You know, like you always, you know, when I was a boy, and I'm sure y'all have seen them too. The three posts, you know, the three crosses. They'd have the two white ones on one side, and then the golden one in the middle. Remember riding along and seeing those in cow pastures and everything like that when you're a boy. Well. You know, Jesus would have been crucified eye level. He wouldn't have been raised up, you know, way up in the air. Well, I've heard you say that, but in this same context, like why would they need to put it on a reed if he's eye level? Well, because he's 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 up, you know, so you got to think about like like in this I don't mean like uh let me make sure I point this the same way. The 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 um across all the ones that we found, I say we, you know, like I, right. like I've dug one up. Yeah. <laughs> in Virginia, they bury the crosses from Roman, but they're none of them are like twenty feet tall, mm-hmm. right? That's the kind of the way that it's depicted, right? And a and a hyssop reed is not very long, anyways. It doesn't grow like twenty yeah. foot long, and so it would have been a short little thing. You're talking about maybe eight or ten feet high, something mm-hmm. like that, you know, to where. When I say eye level, I don't mean he was just... He was eye to eye with you? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the blood and water pours out, mm-hmm. you know, out of him, right? You know, so that would have been a downward kind of thing. So it would have been it would have been to the point to where, you know, the prophecy... Yeah, yeah I think that the thrust of the spear, like, he he's coming up inside to... Probably his right side. Yeah, to hit yeah. that to hit that lung. Yeah, and, and the, so, you know, what you're seeing here is if it's a mockery, then, then probably... It was, it probably was that sponge. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would have been close by, you know, Rome was very big into sanitation. You know, Rome was mm-hmm. very, they were the first society that was really had all these huge amount of people living in population centers that they kept clean, you know, that they just have all these plagues and things break out. But, but this soldier runs and gets this sponge filled with sour wine. And that's, that's why you see in the beginning, Jesus refusing this gall, you know, this, 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 yeah. Medicine, this kind of like the painkiller. Yeah, because. yeah. So some people they're they're saying, "Hey, well, well, Jesus never was offered drugs. Look, bro, in his darkest moment, in the most excruciating pain you could think about, to start with, they're offering this to him. That's Matthew twenty seven thirty four. 
They gave him sour wine mixed with gall to drink, but when he tasted it, he, he would not drink. Yep. Verse uh, Mark fifteen twenty three says, when they gave him wine, mingled with murder drink, but he did not take it. Yeah. And then later in Matthew 27 is whenever this soldier goes in 48, immediately one of them ran and took a sponge filled with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. Yeah, so Matthew's gospel points to the fact that there's one, Mm -hmm. you know, soldier that does it. And so, you know, one soldier went and got a sponge to bring it to him. And if it was, that's how come you, you, you know, you must understand something about this, why he refused the first time. Yeah. Because he needed to make a conscious decision. Sure. You know, he told Pilate, you know, like Pilate's like, don't you know that I've got the power to crucify you? Jesus, he just kind of has this conversation with him from a very rational, serious thought. Like, listen, you don't, you don't have any power over me. You think you do, but the only power you have is, and it's not like he's being a smart aleck about it, but, but he wants, he, he wants to say that so that we can understand it. Yeah. That, that I have my life. I'll lay my life down. Yeah, John 10, I, I'm, I'm the shepherd, the good shepherd. I'll lay down that's my right. life. Nobody I'm out of Ireland. It. Nobody takes it from me. That's right. And so, so, you know, that's why it's important for us to understand that when we're <clears> teaching people the gospel, that you can't just, you know, these, these stories of people coming to Jesus in, the, in a drunken stupor and all this and that and the other, you know, they're just laying down, puking in, in a ditch or something. That, that cannot happen. Literally, that cannot happen. The reason why? Is because you've got to make a conscious decision to do this. You know, when you're drunk and you're methed out or you're coked out, you may want God and he may put somebody in your life. And I praise God that he does because we found certainly piles of them here. But, But Jesus had to make this decision consciously and explicitly. So when he does... He, ha- he can't do it with any kind of inebriation to him. L- listen to this verse. This is so powerful to me. In John 19, 28, some people say that this was, you know, that he's, he's in all desperation about this stuff. He was in a lot of pain. He's in a bind. But verse 28, he said, this after he says, behold your mother to, to John and and tells Mary, you know, woman, behold your son. He's conscious about who they are and what's right. happening. He's not seeing double in that moment. That's right. But also, verse 28, after this, Jesus knowing, there's your knowledge. That's right. That all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Christ is thinking about scripture on the cross. That's right. Fulfilling these things. And then he says something about his need. Then he said, I, I thirst. thirst. And man, that's a just think like Jesus before he even put a your savior before he ever put a thought into his mind about himself, he knew that all the scriptures had been fulfilled and what was accomplished right there. And so one soldier walked away with a souvenir, one soldier went and got a sponge and what we should take away from the cross is not a souvenir, just some kind of trinket to set on the shelf, but something we're going to bear every day, and we need to take a sponge away from the cross too. Yeah, we need to soak it up. We have got to soak it up. I, I'm telling you that that the Lord wanted us to understand, you know, we are a, the product of many generations now of a Bible in our home. We're a product of many. I'm, I've never not known a time in my life, even before me or my mama, daddy, everybody were Christians, we still had Bibles in our home. We've got Bibles in our garages that are like, Almost like what we would consider in America as a throwaway. Yeah, and so you think about how that affects us in some degree. What I mean by that is that 
because we have such readily access to the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's everywhere and anywhere. We don't you know, soak it up. We don't soak it up. But God, from the very beginning, when he when he sends Israel out of Egypt, he starts telling them right then, you have got to, got to, got to listen to me. You got to write this stuff on your minds. Write this on your kids' minds. When you're walking by the wayside, when you're doing, when you're doing these things, put on your doorpost, front lift between your eyes. Every every way imaginable. I mean, we were riding down the road the other day, and my youngest son Bo, he was, we were doing, we're having a conversation, and we're talking about something, and and uh, you know, I started steering it towards something with the Lord, and Bo got real quiet, and he said, "But Daddy, I got a question." I was like, "What is it?" He's like, "Is this Bible time?" Mm -hmm. I was like, "No, Bo, this is just." Regular ride down the road time with Daddy, and mm-hmm. so we just need to talk about this. Which is, is going to be Bible time. <laughs> yeah, but but in his mind, Bible time is like unless okay. I'm, unless I'm ordering something for the machine shop. Y'all be quiet. <laughs> yeah, right. no, it's more like <laughs> shut up. Yeah. I will shoot one of you know the yeah. the uh, you know it's just as the you're trying to pour this stuff in them. You know when David said, "Your word have I hid where in my heart." In my heart, you know. When, when, you know, Psalm 1 and verse 2, you know, on your law, do I meditate day and night? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about over and over again, like every Psalm, Psalm 119 is God's word in every I one of them. Why, why is that? Why, why, did, why did David, why did David need to put that in? And why did God say that when you become king, every king in Israel that becomes a king, you need to do this one special thing. You need to take and make your own copy and get it checked by the priest. Why do you need to do that? Because it's not like he could be like, you know, on your you know, for our graduation, you know, you're going to get the kids. Can I say it? Yeah, you can say it. That's yeah. kind of common knowledge. Okay, so I don't know if it was like a surprise or something like that, but you get all the kids the uh, AP Apologetics Press you know, study Bible, right? Study Bible, that's yeah. great, yeah. and that's awesome, right? And that's a blessing to these kids to have. I've got one that I use. Yeah. Well, you know what an awesome thing it is, but. But that's mass produced and it's copy checked and it's right and it's mm-hmm. fine. But but God said, Listen, King of Israel, you've got such a huge responsibility. You will steer the ship of Israel religiously, spiritually, uh, legally, uh, militarily, everywhere, right? right. <laughs> you know, everywhere you can think Every about. Avenue. So you gotta get this, you gotta take a copy of it, go see the priest, write down every single word that I'm telling you. Because when you write these things down, they're going to check it. And if you're going to check it, you know what you're going to do? You're going to make real good attention, pay real good attention to make what you're doing is the right thing. And what God's trying to get them to do is all the time is a sponge. You suck these things up. You soak these things up. You put these things way down deep inside of you so that when when times are tough, you already know the answers to the question. When you got to make a decision about something, you already know the answers to the question. So when the world is screaming that Jesus isn't real or that Jesus isn't the Savior or Jesus isn't the way, you soak it up. You look at the cross, and Jesus, for very clear purposes, said when he talked about the serpent in the wilderness, and he said, listen, just like Moses lifted up that brass serpent in the wilderness, so i got to be lifted up too. And he goes on to say later that if I'm not lifted up, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. So what God wants us to do with the cross is take a sponge and never, ever wring it out. You soak up every drop of it and put it in there and never wring it out because when times are tough, you got to know what to do. Yeah. When times are hard, you got to understand. you got to hold it in your heart. and you got to hold it in your heart. And and that's what David said. You're, uh, he said, I've hidden my 
hitting your word hitting in your my word heart. in my heart so that I may not sin against you. That's right. And uh, man, that we're we're liberated by what happened at the cross and the resurrection of of Jesus. Soak it up, but you do you do need to ring it out. You need to ring it out to the world. Well, what you do. Squeeze that sponge out. Let it you, drip. That, and that's what Jesus said in, in John 4 to the woman at the well. You know, and he says, listen, you know, can you give me something to drink? She's like, what are you talking about? Like, you're a Jew talking to me, a Samaritan? Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen, you, you, you're still seeing things with humanistic eyes. Right. You're still seeing Jews and Samaritans. If you knew who I was, you would be begging me for something to drink. And she says, he goes on to say, as a matter of fact, I can give you something that will pour out of you. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about filling your sponge up so much that you never wring it out, but it just starts to run out. Yeah, and if you if you want it to run out, you gotta soak it up. You have gotta soak it up. Because, you know, it's hard, man. It is hard. You know, you know why the Lord uses those parables of the soils for? Is because there's so many things out to get us, Bob. Mm-hmm. There's so many things out to get us, but but why the one that really takes root is the one that bears fruit. Yeah, the one that's that is went. The down. one that bears fruit is the one that took root. I mean, the one yeah. that really takes root is the one that bears fruit. Exactly right, and so so that's the one. You said it again. Listen to what Bob said, not what I said. <laughs> Love you, brother. All right. So the sponge. All right. So let's let's do this. Soldier number. We're, we're getting close to our. Uh, being at, we, I that's got fine. We'll, so, we'll come. We'll we'll hit the next. Uh, we'll hit the S's. next two S's next week. So let me let's ask our listeners this question: What what are two more S's you can find at the cross? Yeah. So you see if you can find two more S's that are different than what we found, and then maybe you can write a sermon for Bob, Bob and I. Yeah. You know. The, and hey, that's another thing too. So list out. Well, that that one's already been done. You know, and hopefully. If you if you answered right, that means that you listened to the podcast. Um, but then the uh, then the other thing is, so we know that there's four there's four soldiers there because there's they divided the garment into four parts, they each their own part. That's John nineteen twenty three. But then um, find two two more S's. Yeah. And uh, if you if you put those S's down, we're going to do two different things. We'll, we'll draw a name for somebody else who. Who comments the the two S's and we'll do those drawings. Uh, let's do them the first week of March. All right, sounds good. I'll give them about two or three weeks in. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys. We appreciate you joining us this day.